In just about a year, The Late Late Show with British actor, comedian, and Broadway star James Corden has reinvigorated Late Night and is blowing up the internet. Late Late Show writer Lauren Greenberg joins me on Pop Culture Confidential. Hi, I'm Christina Yerling Biru. It's only been 15 months since British star James Corden, pretty unknown to most Americans, was hired to succeed Craig Ferguson in the vacant CBS Late Late Show 1230 time slot. And it turns out to be one of the most interesting hires in Late Night. There's already talk of Emmy nominations and literally billions of views on social media. The Late Late Show with James Corden is a bona fide hit in a very new and different talk show landscape. The talk show wars, like Letterman, Leno, and Conan, are very different today. It's more about relevance than ratings. Everyone knows that most viewers aren't catching the shows at midnight, but the next day, as the bits go viral on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Jimmy Fallon and his show are, of course, masters at this, with their lip-sync battles, for example. But James Corden and his staff have become the kings of the viral talk show segments. Their segment, Carpool Karaoke, is blowing up the internet. In the bit, Corden drives huge artists such as Justin Bieber, Stevie Wonder, and Jennifer Lopez around in his car singing hits. And because of the intimate setting away from handlers and audiences, it seems to bring out very personal and hilarious conversations between Corden and his guests. The segment has become nothing less than a phenomenon. Corden's drive with Adele is the most viewed late-night TV clip in social media history, with 102 million views to date. Hello. Oh, thanks for this. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's going to be fun. Great. You are looking fine right Thank now. Thank you very much, Gen- Seriously, mm. loving this, Bob. Oh, thanks. Well, it's a triumph. Yeah, thanks very much. No, thanks. it's a triumph. Is it a man, it really Bob? is. No, it's I not feel a like I look Bob. like all, all my mum friends. I don't think so. I okay. mean, it is more manageable yeah. than, it the, dries quickly, than the hive. Yeah. When, you know. On time, I'm going to wear a wig. I'm going to use my hairline. I can't work out if I should wear a wig wig or have a weave. I mean, what I like is that you're coming to me for this advice. That's <laughs> Do you mind if we listen to some music? Let's listen to some. Well, it's such a shame it's raining, because I feel like Americans are going to get to assume that England is rubbish. No, not when this, not when this puppy comes out. Hello. I'm in California dreaming about who we used to be. It's so secret that the both of us Gordon and his staff have also changed things up in the very traditional late-night talk show world. He has no desk, and in a more European tradition, they bring out all the guests at once. I'm really happy to be joined by one of the writers on the show, Lauren Greenberg, who has been there from the start. She wrote the first segment on the very first show of March 23, 2015, where Corden and Tom Hanks did a hilarious reenactment of Hanks' entire career in six minutes. Shall we begin? Indeed, sir. All right. Mom always said life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. This Ryan better be worth it. What does he even look? What does he even look like? I think he looks a little bit like Matt Damon. 
Lauren Greenberg has written for the MTV Awards and Whitney Cummings Talk Show. Ms. Greenberg, I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. So the late night show landscape, so to speak, is a pretty rigid traditional format from Sullivan to Carson, Letterman and Colbert. And here you guys come and there's no desk. (laughs) What's the deal? How could you make this huge change? You want to feel like you're hanging out with friends, I think. That's the vibe of our show. And uh, it's just more casual. And like with everyone on the couch, I think it'd sort of be weird for James to be, be behind a desk. Yeah, that's one of the changes that you've made or changes the for the sort of American type format is that the guests come in and sit together. Yes. How does the audience, how did they react to that? Oh, I think they really enjoy it. I mean, it's definitely, it's brand new for, for American audiences. And it's just, it's like fun to see these celebrities interact with each other, especially, you know, when they're like very different personalities, you know, it, I, I think people really like it. We haven't heard otherwise, so, yeah. Could you walk me through a day in the writer's room? Because this is a weeknight show. It's To be exact, it's 12.37 it starts, right? <laughs> is that like ads before? Exactly. That's exactly it, yeah. So tell me what a day looks like heading up to the, to the airing. Sure. So um, writers usually get in um, at 9 a.m., we have a writer's assistant that comes in earlier and he goes through all the new stories and viral videos of the day. And he puts together all the stories on a document. It's called a hot sheet. So when we get in, we go through that sheet and see like what's going on today in the news. You know, uh, we try to get uh, a monologue topic and our monologues are usually, you know, like connected stories or just like on one similar, one similar theme. Um, so, so once we decide on that topic, we all break off, write jokes individually for like an hour, hour and a half. And then there's a, we have a monologue team of like, it's four people and it rotates in and out. So they'll compile all the jokes and go through them and pick the best ones, take them to James and our other uh, executive producers. Mm-hmm. They'll pick jokes and then that team will start writing a monologue at the same time. Anyone who has a desk bit on the show or like a remote piece that they're working on, uh, is working on that. How how many are you? Uh, we have 10 writers and it's great. Like everyone, like we've just like very strong people that write like songs and raps and then, you know, the monologue, which is more like stand-up comedians uh, that can just like, you know, get those jokes in order for James. And then, you know, a lot of like sketch people, even though we have these different like areas that we sort of focus on, everyone does everything here. Mm-hmm. So we all do the monologue jokes. You know, we rotate in. We all do have sketches. Uh, so it's it's really like a great collaborative team environment. And then, you know, we're paired with producers or help us like, you know, produce the bits we have on the show or the remote bits. And it's just like nonstop all day long, basically, just getting things ready for the day show and the week. So basically, anyone that has a sh- a bit on the show that day is uh, going in, you know, showing James a script, uh, uh, giving notes, rewriting it. Then at two thirty, we have a rehearsal, mm-hmm. and all the writers and most of the producers come down. James does a monologue. He does the bits on the show. Then we review them. He gives notes. We rewrite them again, uh, and then you know, show him a new script. He approves it, and then at five, we're taping the show. How would you describe his and the staff's sort of humor compared to other talk shows out there? Uh, we're very experimental. and so, I mean, everyone's so silly. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I, I think James's strength is that he's such a phenomenal actor. Uh, he can really, I mean, he just commits to these bits. Uh, he can play up, you know, when he's anger someone or it's just like, that's something that really separates us is that can just like, I mean, I wouldn't say go into character, but he just like can do anything from like a serious piece to just like a just completely silly. That's one of the things that may have surprised him because over here we sort of know him. He, he has a huge career and was, you know, on both on stage and, and in TV shows and as a writer. And, and there may be being more of a new face that that people maybe weren't expecting that. Yes, definitely. Yeah, it's it's re- been really fun to see like people get to know him here. So I know he is rather famous <laughs> in, mm-hmm. the, in the UK and you know all over the world. But yeah, it's been great just like just seeing the show. I mean, it's only been on like a little over a year, and it's just like evolved. And he's just so down to earth and cool. You know, it's really just fun to see that happen. Because I know that one of the exec producers that's on the show as well, um, Ben, is also um, British that he brought with it. Do you, as an American writer, has it been sort of a, a thing to get into the British humor or has it been seamless? <laughs> it hasn't been seamless. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's, well, there's just, you know, like even just certain dialogues or like American jokes that they don't understand or British jokes that we don't understand. You know, there has been a little like... Uh, confusion. Do you have an example of a joke that they didn't get? Um, there are just references. It's, uh, I mean, now they've sort of learned, but for a while, anything with like the movie Airbud, I'd seen what that <laughs> <Yes>. is. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe they just didn't like it, but they just like didn't respond to it or just things like the game. We have a game called telephone and they call it Chinese whispers. Mm-hmm. And so like pitches like that, when you're like, it's like telephone and they, they're just, kind of stare at you they don't know what you're talking about and you have to explain what it is a little more and by then it just the pitch gets lost those are both horrible examples (laughs) no it's a good I understand completely and one of our writers is British so he uh is just a great sounding board to be like uh do you know what this is do you guys have this great great. like he translates for you yeah exactly Um, before we go on, I just want, cause there's another thing I understand that, that maybe James himself requested that he lowered the ceiling in the studio, um, for some, to make it more, in- is that true? Is that also to make it intimate? That makes sense. Cause it's so like warm. It's like just a warm stage. It's so beautiful. So yeah, I could see them like going to that detail to make it feel that way. So moving on, on to the, as I was talking about before, the, the viral aspects of the show, both in the studio and the segments um, outside of the su- studio, have been like huge and so accessible even for us outside of the U.S. And I'm assuming that the the segments um, that potentially can be viral are really, really important to talk shows today. Um, how do you work with these in the writer's room? That's a good question. I mean, like... Carpool Karaoke, I mean, James, even if we didn't write anything, I feel like they would go viral just because James is so charming and funny. Um, but, you know, when we get like, a, we hear that we're going to do Carpool Karaoke with someone, we get a huge research packet on them. You know, we write lots of questions uh, and just like funny things for them to do. So everyone is involved in making it like the best possible product. Are people asking, like saying, it's great if you guys do things that can go viral as opposed to like maybe what Letterman was doing 10 years ago and that you're really focusing on that? I mean, it's unspoken, but 
<laughs> definitely like it's implied almost with everything you write, like this, how will the internet react to this basically? It is. Yeah. Well, will people want to share this, you know, you don't want to like write something trying to make it go viral, but you just want to make it good enough that like everyone needs to show their friends and family. And that's basically what we try to do. But it's still you, you guys, the sort of television writers that are writing this, it's not like a web team that's out doing certain stuff and you guys are doing other stuff. Yeah, we're writing it. We have a really great digital team and they do, you know, all of our Twitter and Instagram and some other like they do some other videos on our YouTube channel. But all the videos from the show that go viral are uh, written by the writers and James. Which one has been your favorite? Can you say a few that you have written? Um, Sure. I usually try not to take credit for it because I feel like it's the shows but yes uh, <laughs> we want you to get credit <laughs> i have a, a segment called take a break where james goes and works various jobs um and there's one he did well there's two, there's a real estate one he did i don't know if you saw that oh cool yeah yeah i love that segment um that one and then planet hollywood one they were just like the biggest version of that bit that we did and it was just really fun it was just james so great trying to sell a house to you know like tyga <laughs> the office of local realtor and star of Bravo's million dollar listing, David Pons. Take a break, have a good one. We actually have a showing today with a very big hip hop artist. The shower has phenomenal acoustics. Yeah. <laughs> this is not a good couch though. This bath is horse Look at that. Still not a good couch, James. Cheers. You're welcome. Are you joking? It was just really fun and like really exciting to film and then I mean all of our carpool karaoke's which I had nothing to do with that was all James's idea but they're just obviously they're my favorite they're everyone's favorite I think but I mean after his idea you guys write the questions and and work with him when he doesn't write right sure um let's talk a little bit more about that because I mean I've, as I said, I've worked on a lot of talk shows over here, and I know the sort of difficulty of booking those huge guests, especially when you want to get them alone in a car with no publicist, no makeup artist, no handlers. Yes. And the first one you get is Mariah Carey, who probably has the biggest team of people around her I've ever seen. How did this happen? You know, James did the bit once uh, with George Michael. And so we had to, you know, show her that and really just like beg her. <laughs> I don't know if that, if we begged her, we were just like, had to be very convincing. Uh, and, you know, she finally agreed. I don't know how, but now people, it's more people asking to do it than trying to get people to do it. Right. I can imagine. And that must've been really pretty quick because it took off quite quick. It was a huge, I think about the time we did the first Justin Bieber one, because that really just showed him in like such a, a positive light and was, he was just like you know being himself and that he was so sweet and fun and then it was like great PR <laughs> for him so I think that really changed everything then now I this is as, as I mean it seems weird maybe for some listeners but the fact that there are no publicists and people around is kind of a huge deal when we're talking about these names do they ask to like see it before it runs at least I'm not sure I'm not sure on the details I know uh they might be involved in like in a follow van listening, you know, so it's not like we just pick someone up and they're, they don't have anyone nearby. Um, but I don't think 
I honestly don't know if anyone needs like final approval right. on the edit. They're not like hiding in the back seat or something like that. With the- <laughs> no, never. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> that'd be, yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah, that was okay. And I understand that. I mean, I don't know if it's, it's part of what you guys are doing, but I heard a rumor that there may be an own spinoff show with just the carpool karaoke happening. Yeah, I heard that rumor too. I have no involvement in that though. Talking a little bit about talk shows in general, um, is there a different vibe between the LA-based shows, which you are, and the New York-based talk shows? I think the landscape has changed. I mean, everyone is so supportive of each other, and we're always just like, you know, impressed when Fallon's group like does something that you know we liked, or you know, it's like it's definitely just like a supportive group of writers, no matter what show you're on. Well, that's cool because it must be pretty hard competition. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we are obviously competitive and we want to, you know, have the best possible videos or, you know, moments. And luckily we do. <laughs> so, yeah. So going forward for you, um, you'll be continuing with the show. And, and what do you hope will happen? Um, I mean, personally, I've been here since the show started, since, you know, before it started. And I love it. Um, you know, I wouldn't mind staying on for a while longer. And then I also enjoy writing scripted TV series. So say uh, moving into that and creating uh, my own series and, you know. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. This was this was great. I really I really enjoy the stuff you guys are doing. And it seems like it sort of oh, so nice. it threw a flame into the talk show fire when you guys came aboard. Thank you. Thank you so much to Lauren Greenberg. We have a whole bunch of clips written by Lauren and the others on The Late Late Show with James Corden up on our site, popcultureconfidential.com. So check those out. And very good luck at the Emmys to you all. We're rooting for you. And tweet us at podpopculture. We'd love to hear your thoughts. This show was edited by Tom Hansen. Theme music by Callboy. Produced by René Wittestedt and myself. I'm Christina Jörling-Biro. Thank you so much. Hello, podcast fans. Want to get weird with us? Come check out the Mad Scientist Podcast. We are a weekly show that looks at the history, philosophy, and hard facts behind your biggest paranormal questions. Did the government really pay for a psychic spy program? Yes. Is it true that surgery got its start in grave robbing? Yes. Can a roller coaster really kill you? Legally, we can't say so for sure, but sometimes, yes! Join myself, Chris Cogswell, and my co-host, Marie Mayhew, as we examine the science, philosophy, and history behind the strange and unusual. All to discover what's possible and plausible versus what's, well, just made up. Check us out wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Mad Scientist Podcast.